Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're discussing popular money advice that just ain't right. Even the crappiest financial advice that's out there, it still has a little nugget of truth, right? Like oftentimes the reason I, th- I think it resonates with folks is because they're like, oh, no, 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 that's true. I've heard that before. I've heard my, my parents talk about that. I've heard friends talk about that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like this super bulletproof piece of financial advice that you should be following yeah. to the letter with every dollar that you make. Yeah, some, some of the pieces of advice we're going to cover in this episode are things that you've heard people say, and they are smart people. <laughs> and so you automatically assume that based on their other advice or based on the fact that you've heard this from multiple sources yeah, of probably, information that it's good and it, it's, it's reliable advice that your grandparents gave you and you're like well, they would never steer me wrong right. it's like well it's not quite right yeah we we want you to question everything your grandparents taught you in this episode no that's okay that's too far not not really but <laughs> but there are a lot of things yeah that we're going to cover today and and some of it has like you said matt a ring of truth but we're going to say okay here's here's the nugget that is actually true but here's where you should throw out the rest of it uh, and so yeah we've got a lot to get to on this episode but before we get to that, Matt, I wanted to mention that you and I, we've talked about on the show how we have MediShare covering our families when it comes to our, our health insurance. That's it's, right. It's, it's not actual insurance. It's not technically health insurance. It's That's a right. health sharing plan. Exactly. But, but uh, it is yeah. a lot cheaper than, than insurance. And I was even talking to a neighbor the other day, and he was saying what he gets through his work that his premiums every month are really expensive. Like Even though his employer subsidizes a decent chunk 
of those premiums, like it's there's still a lot uh, left on the plate for him to have to pay mm. every single month. And so for us, it, it seems it's the cheapest, most effective way for us to cover our families. That's right. And we, we've got a review on it. If you want to read it, we'll link to it in the show notes yeah. that Matt wrote about how it's worked for his family. But I found one of one of my new favorite features of MediShare is that they have partnered with basically this teledoc company called MD Live. And you can virtually visit a doctor on the computer or via phone for free, which uh, is just another massive win for, for us. It is included in the price. There's yeah. no yeah baseline fee. There's no copay that comes with that. It is included. So like a week and which, a half. Which I've seen before, but like I've I never, never, never used it. taken advantage of so it. So we used it for the first time a couple weeks ago. It, like all of our kids were sick. I, I think everybody that we knew <laughs> had sick kids. Yeah. Like it was going around. <laughs> it's like flu. It's COVID. It's cold. Strep. It's strep. Everything, it's everything, everything combined. Hitting simultaneously. Yeah. Everyone I know who had a kid, like, had them pulled out of school for a couple of days. And so we were like, okay, we're going to try to go see the pediatrician. They were full up, man. They, they, they didn't have room to take us because everybody was sick. And so we're like, okay, we're going to give this Teladoc MD Live. We're going to give it a shot. And it was great. Like, it was so simple. We waited 45 minutes. And you don't even, like, you're not, like, sitting in a waiting room, though. You're literally at home kicking it. And then you get a text, and it's like, the doctor will see you now. So you hop into the... To the chat, to the to the you yeah, click the click the link. Waiting forty five minutes at home while you're cooking dinner or cleaning the dishes or something like that is much much better than sitting in a waiting room full of other sick kids. Yeah. Or- sneezing on you and <laughs> being all nasty right and then there's no sick visit uh that we had to pay there's it's literally free to get the diagnosis That's awesome, man yeah so i will say i'm super happy with it sounds and like joel's pretty bullish on uh <laughs> teledoc teledoc stocks i know well you know the teledoc stock in particular has not been doing well as of late but um yeah it's it's just one of those things that adds a lot of value to yeah. our, our metashare membership nice looking forward to checking that out that's not something that we've taken advantage of yet but i could totally see where that would come in handy in particular if you know that you just need we probably need this prescription you know this prescribed we just need some meds yeah my kids are particularly susceptible to strep for some reason it's their favorite (laughs) so yeah we had to answer a couple questions to the doc and and typically they like to do a swab but he even prescribed an antibiotic you know in that in that chat which is cool did he uh did they make make your daughter make her open up her mouth Uh, we took a picture oh yeah yeah we took a picture we (laughs) sent it in even before the appointment so because if you're on a video call he could just be like all right make sure the video (laughs) lights on and just just jam it in there real close <laughs> you hear him talking it's like echoing in her her mouth <laughs> wider uh that's cool that's cool though I'm, I'm glad you were able to take advantage of that um hopefully we won't need to take advantage of that soon but i'm glad to know that it exists uh let's introduce the beer you and i we are enjoying another talisman beer uh and this one is called uplifted it is a scottish style ale andy thank you so much for donating this this is our last of the talisman beers there out of utah but looking forward to enjoying this one and we will share our thoughts at the end of the episode no doubt all right well let's get on to it matt the subject at hand let's do it popular money advice that just ain't right and uh it made me think of maybe some other pieces of advice that we just assume are correct because you've heard it so much so many times and i personally like to get out there and grill on occasion and you've you've heard everybody say it that searing your meat is this the best way to lock in the flavor, right? You want to get that grill piping hot? Lock in the moisture. Slap that uh, steak down or whatever it is, and that is going to, yeah, lock in the moisture. It's something I've heard folks say for years. It, you, and then you get to... Right, re- right after they click their tongs. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, all right, it's ready. That's right. And then it's like, oh, you're going to get to get to eat that juicy medium rare steak that you have always dreamed of, but you got to get the sear right. But as it turns out... That's actually the farthest thing from the truth. Culinary scientists tell us that although this sounds like good advice, it's not actually the best method if you want to get the proper outcome. And it's true that searing your steak is going to brown it, which does increase some caramelization, oh, yeah. flavor, and texture. Yeah, so that, you that do want to you, sear it at some point. Yeah, it's good for other reasons, but yeah. not necessarily what you're saying from a moisture standpoint. Yeah, like that's the uh, the Maillard reaction, whatever, yeah. where basically you're reducing some of those sugars, and that's what creates that delicious smell. Like when you smell delicious food, it's because of the browning it's because of the the searing that often is taking place but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like you're saying the moisture of the meat that you're sealing in like a like i picture like a raincoat or you know (laughs) or like somebody who's like trying to make weight for like wrestling or something like that and they're like wearing trash bags Uh uh-huh uh-huh they're just like 
walking in all that <laughs> all that nasty moisture and they're just sweating like crazy. That sear does not act like a rain jacket for your steak. No, no, it doesn't. And the truth is, starting to cook your steak slower and then doing a reverse sear to add the flavor at the end is the best method. You're getting really fancy these the days, sear. aren't you? It's, it's what you so even, let's say you, you put that steak in a sous vide, you low, uh, cook it until it reaches a certain temperature, and then you slap it on the grill for like a minute and a half on each side or something like that. Typically, a lot of folks say that's the way you're going to get the best tasting steak in the end. Um, but it's just not what you normally hear as typical grilling advice from most folks. That's and, true. And just like that BS grilling advice, right, that just isn't right, you know, we're going to spend some time talking smack about personal finance advice today on the show that we just dislike or maybe that that has taken on this element of gospel truth. But we would say in reality, there's a lot of mistruth in, in that statement. And so we're going to kind of like break them down and talk about them today. Yeah, on the show. yeah like there's just a lot of crappy things out there being said. Uh, and oftentimes I think the problem is that we like we hear something and because it intuitively makes you know some sort of sense, like we just stick with it, uh, just like you were talking about with uh, the searing meat. Uh, or, or maybe it's just packaged in such a way that it makes it easy to remember, right? Because like we're all living busy lives. So anytime we're able to hear something, that allows us to simplify and make life a little bit easier. Like we're going to cling to that basic rule of thumb. I think it's one of the ways that we're that we're able to be super productive, right? Like most folks are looking for shortcuts, but it doesn't always mean that those shortcuts are accurate and that they that they're the best method of, of action for you and your money. Uh, and the fact is, there have always been uh, folks out there who are just spouting bad information, mm-hmm. right? Like I think most folks are well intentioned. But you're likely going to encounter some bad advice as you are working to get your personal finances in order uh, as you're trying to make that progress. And so we're going to call out some of the biggest culprits today on the show. And we're going to share how it is that uh, you should be thinking about your money. Yeah. And I like how you said most people are well-intentioned. I think there's there's a couple of things here. One, people, uh, people are out there trying to simplify advice for the masses trying to give them good information in a bite-sized way, mm-hmm. but oftentimes then you're missing a lot of kind of the important truth that surrounds it. But also, there are a lot of people who just don't know enough about personal finance, and so they might be new, newbie influencers on social media, hoping to talk about their experience and how they've been able to change their lives, but oftentimes they're missing some of the most important ingredients to be able to help people do it in their own lives, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They might have a good story, just good like, art. Yeah, exactly. And kind of where they are personally, maybe there's some wisdom that you can glean from their experiences, but they may not be fully informed. Yeah. And you may not be able to directly apply it to your own situation because their situation could be quite a bit different. Exactly. And so, yeah, we would say some of the basic advice still holds. Like we're not trying to throw out the baby with the bathwater in this episode. Some of the most basic advice out there for instance, like the number one rule of personal finance, which is spending less than you make, that holds water, right? That makes sense to us. Uh, but even even in something like that, uh, even in such a basic piece of advice, that's like the number one rule of personal finance, that can even get warped into folks leading you to think that you shouldn't spend money, uh, a push towards maximum frugality, which we would say can become unhealthy. Plus, even that little basic piece of advice, which is helpful, it it just doesn't tell you how much less you should be spending, like how you should be changing your habits. And, you know, should that be a constant amount over the decades? Well, that pithy uh, little bit of advice doesn't really tell you. So we would say even the most basic advice that has truth to it needs some context, needs some fleshing out, in particular, depending on your personal situation. Mm-hmm. And naturally, that context, that fleshing out requires time and attention, which is unfortunately in short supply, right? So most folks in our modern age, they're content with these five second sound bites and they're just not willing to read past the headlines. But that additional time is what it often takes in order to understand the nuance of any conversation or debate. And it's 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 true everywhere, but it's definitely true of these personal finance conversations That's as well. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the some of the crappy advice in the realm of spending first. And one of the popular lines of advice is skip the latte, skip the uh, avocado toast. Oh. This is, I mean, honestly, it's bar none one of the pieces of advice I hate the most. Uh, and it's not that spending too much money at your local coffee shop, like that it's not possible. It definitely is. Um, and it's not that the the small expenses that you make, that they don't add up to a meaningful amount of money because they, they do. And, you know, you might be wasting money without even thinking enough about it. Now, this happens to a lot of folks. It's just, I don't understand why coffee shops specifically uh, bear the brunt of this, Poor right? coffee shop owners. <laughs> There's so many other places yes, you could attack. Exactly. So many other places where, where folks are, are wasting money, like a ridiculous car payment uh, for a fancy car that you don't really need when you could have just paid cash for something more affordable uh, or like having your 
meals delivered. Uh, or speaking of food, think about the countless containers of leftovers that you've tossed. Or Joel, oh, the uh, countless. That's your favorite thing to attack, by the oh way. People that don't eat their leftovers. What is wrong with you? You don't like those people. <laughs> it's a terrible habit. It's just an inefficient way of going about making your meals at home. And yet, we're, we're, we're kind of digressing here. We're talking about the latte factor. But folks, and in particular media, I think, has just picked one of the, the loveliest spots that's often the like a cornerstone of community hangs. It just seems like the coffee shop has, has kind of gotten a bad rap. Maybe this is on, on my mind, Joel, because like, this morning, you and I, we went and got a coffee before our, our morning meeting. We and met a new neighbor who was awesome. We yep. saw old neighbors who we love. <laughs> and it's just... It's something that we, I don't know, maybe it, we're biased a little bit because it's something that we are realizing it, it's important in yeah. our sort of, it's not like something we do every day, no. but when we do partake Once a in week, it, typically, yeah, it's, it provides a lot of meaning and value to us. Yeah, that $4 so. flat white provides a lot more <laughs> than just like a delicious cup of coffee. Exactly. And that's, by the way, my beverage of choice, typically, if I'm going out to a coffee mm. shop, flat whites. Cortado all the way. <laughs> Cortados are great, too. Slightly less milk. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, so, yeah. So, we would say that that is one of those things where that is up to the individual. And, and I sure. think you're right, Matt. There are other places, in particular, larger line items in our budget that are much yes. easier to yep. cut back, especially if the coffee shop is a place where you do derive a lot of joy and community from, or you enjoy even you know when you're working from home, going to work there. And it really, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it's a minimal cost. But for some reason, we've singled out coffee shops. It's wrong. It needs to stop. But uh, <laughs> speaking of those... It just ain't right. <laughs> that's right. Those bigger ticket items, though, you, you have bigger fish to fry. So when, when you spend an in, mm. inordinate amount of your time thinking about these tiny little ways that you could potentially eke out a few more bucks, I'm not saying... I don't think either of us would say, Matt, that that's time poorly spent. But we would say you might be hogging valuable mental bandwidth that could be spent on those bigger ticket items where you could be getting a bigger ROI by looking elsewhere. And so instead of constantly worrying about spending money on coffee, get a more affordable car insurance provider. Boom. <laughs> that just paid for your <laughs> coffee for the entire year. I love doing those bigger things, a one-time task that allows you then to use your money in a way that's more effectively going to move the needle uh, value-wise in your life. And this is, of course, a fine balance to strike because you and I, we're all about frugal living. Like we don't want people necessarily yeah. going out there and get that flat white every day. That's not what we're that's not what we're saying. But if you're counting pennies of every single purchase, not only are you like sucking the fun, the joy out of some of those simple pleasures of life, but it's it could also just be a, a highly inefficient use of your time. You're you're majoring on the minors, and we would say that there's a whole lot more financial ground you can cover, focusing more on those big ticket items. That's right. I got to keep you in check in case I start hearing Joel saying, "All right, this kind of feels like a a two flat white kind of." Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't think I've ever done two coffees in one day. A week, maybe we could justify yeah. that on occasion. Um, all right. Well, not only should you be thinking about like some of these big ways to save money, but also the bigger ways that you can make more money as well, right? Because I think you can easily adopt that same like latte factor mindset and then just apply it to how it is that you make money. And so, like specifically, what I'm thinking of here is like we see a lot of folks who are spending a tremendous amount of time uh, on their side hustle. Use in particular using different apps like Swagbucks, Uber, Instacart, or a few that come to mind. And again, we're you know we're all about folks using the spare time that they've got to to get after whatever financial goal that they've set for themselves. But this is an instance, man, like where it would be really helpful to pause for a moment and imagine where this side hustle is going to take you. Uh, but the allure to immediately make some some instant cash is attractive. N not to mention, you know, like all the apps, they are designed to keep folks coming back, to keep you coming back for more due to how it is that they're designed, how, how they're, they've essentially gamified the tasks or the jobs that, that literally pop up from within the app. Uh, they don't want you to slow down and think about the big picture. They, they just want you to keep working. So don't lose sight of the forest for the trees. Simultaneously, don't let the desire to hustle and to make uh, a small amount of money today keep you from making a large amount of money tomorrow. Yeah. This is when, like, I, I even hate using this phrase, but oftentimes folks who kind of fall into this pattern can fall into like the scarcity mindset. Yeah. And I don't like saying that because it makes it seem like that you can just manifest stuff and think <laughs> it and bring it into existence. It, you can't just do that. It takes a lot of hard work, but sometimes we do get locked into that 
scarcity mindset as opposed to thinking about like an abundance mindset, yeah. right? Like if you are so focused, in particular going back to the spending on just watching every single little penny and instead, what if you took that same amount of energy and poured it into ways that you can not only make money via some of these different apps that feel immediate, but like let's talk about some of the bigger picture, some of the larger uh, big thinking kind of ways that will allow you to advance your career and, and make some serious positive impacts on your income. Yeah. It almost makes me think of when you go to a casino and how you have no idea what time of day it is and they're pumping in oxygen and so your blinders are on. You don't know how long you've been there. You don't know how much money you've lost like because you're getting the free drinks and so it's it, but you got a free buffet and so maybe that makes up for all the time and that's how we the, think of side the, hustles. This tells me that I should not go to Vegas <laughs> <laughs> because I hear that and I have fallen into similar traps uh, at other points in my life. Yes. In particular I'm thinking about playing video games in college. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what day is it? Well, it's like everything is conspiring against you to get you to lose your money. And I think yeah, with some yeah. of these side hustles, it's not that they can't be effective in the short term, but we've talked about kind of the nefarious elements that side hustles come with. And so people have to be really careful before they dedicate too much time to yeah. making money on the side. There are often more effective ways to grow your to grow your income over the long term. That doesn't mean, to you know, the great thing about side hustles is you can like literally hit a button and start making money today. And that's a great short term tactic. Yeah. But it's not going to be best when it comes to long-term earnings, which is which we how, where we want your eyes uh, a little more focused on. That's right, Joel. Uh, and we've got several other pieces of popular financial advice that we're going to get to that's just not right, uh, including we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about earning money as well as popular advice to avoid when it comes to how it is that we save and invest our money. We'll get to all of that right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. 
Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, Matt, let's keep going. Let's talk about personal finance advice that you and I we're just not fans of, and these are the kind of things that people start to get accustomed to. I think we've gotten a lot more accustomed to side hustles, like we just talked about before mm-hmm. the break, in recent years, and as th- in that being a way to maybe make ends meet or to grow your income, when there are better ways over the long term to grow your income. But there's the flip side of that coin. So let's talk about that too. There's the there's the reality that some people uh, they they have a relationship to their job where it's more like golden handcuffs, mm. and so that's something we want people to change their thinking about as well. Because on the other end of the spectrum, right, there are some people who have a great job that pays incredibly well, and in fact, it might pay a little, a little too handsomely, and you feel stuck, right? Even if you don't really like your job, even if you actually kind of hate it and you don't mm. want to go to work anymore, you don't like your coworkers, you don't like what you're doing, you're working we, too much. We know folks who have made these confessions to us yes, before. They're like, my job <laughs> sucks, but I'm making so much money. I'm like, making bank. How, how can I leave? Exactly. I can't. Yep. And so it's this case of golden handcuffs where the salary, the benefits have gotten so robust that you don't even let yourself consider an alternative. And of course, Matt, neither you or I, when people are making this admission, have told us, you know what? My life doesn't really matter. But that's kind of, in some ways, what they're saying, right? That's, like, that's what they're saying through their actions, yeah. not necessarily because it's something that they've flat out stated that, like, I no longer care about how I spend my hours every yes, day. Yes, but they right. they are, in essence, saying that. They're saying it's all about the Benjamins. Mm-hmm. The dollars matter more than how my time is spent, than me actually finding joy, taking pride in what I do every day. I'm just going to grind it out another five or ten years. Like, that's the kind of the mentality that a lot of people have. I keep reaping the rewards of this awesome paycheck. But this, of course, is, is terrible financial advice that ultimately leads to terrible life advice. It, you know, We don't know how long we are guaranteed. And yeah. the, every single year that you spend at a job that you just can't stomach, that you hate, those are years you're not going to be able to get back. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so much of life satisfaction specifically, it comes from the work you do and the ability that you have to, to help other people. Viktor Frankl, we've mentioned him plenty of times here on the show. He's an Aust- Austrian psychiatrist. He wrote one of the most profound books, uh, Man's Search for Meaning After Surviving the Holocaust. Uh, But he found that personal relationships, specifically, they are the most important component of finding happiness. And then right after that, it was engaging and productive work. That is the next thing that brings us meaning. So you want to know what he doesn't discuss? Making a ton of money. <laughs> uh, and so with that in mind, like what better way to spend half of our, of our waking hours than by engaging in rewarding and productive work that connects us to our fellow man, to our fellow human beings. And this is one of those bits of advice that I say that I know, right? Like we all have a head knowledge of it, but do we grasp it as, as heart knowledge? Yeah. You know, this is, this is a good one to revisit because we're tempted to, you know, simply understand this concept without actually living it out. I think we're constantly tempted to live in a way that is at odds with this because that's what success looks like. That's what the world tells us to do. That's even, you know, what our parents tell, tell us to do. They're like, oh, but that's going to put you on this trajectory by all sort of outward measures of success. You're likely going to decide that you, what you should do is, like you said, like continuing to, to grind it out and not just for like 10 years, but like 20, 30 yeah. years sometimes doing work that you don't love as opposed to thinking about how it is you're actually spending that time. That's really important. Matt, I feel like we are the money show that is constantly telling people to think less about money. <laughs> to not focus on the money. That's totally true. Yeah. And and so we yeah. try to cover the nuts and bolts and we want to help people get better with their money, invest more wisely and save a bigger chunk of what they bring home. But we also want people to think about money as a tool and to not think about money as the ends. It is a means yeah. to better ends for your life. It's the tool that we focus on the most here on the show. But yeah. ultimately, like what we're all about is just folks living a life that they feel it leads to happiness, yes. essentially. Just yeah. a fulfilling life. For sure. And the reality is, if, if money is the end goal, you're going to miss out on some of the things that matter the most. Like that is a byproduct of too much focus on money is missing out on a lot of things that matter. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about some, some more, something else in the, in the vein of career and earnings-oriented advice that 
people hear on the reg, Matt, and that is just that college is a no-brainer, right? And and so not, not many of our uh, listeners are college age, you know, a small handful, but uh, some of our listeners are getting to the point where they've got kids who are considering going to college. They've got those those teenagers now at home. And so every time we talk about this, I feel like we get unhappy listener emails because they, they, they say, listen, why are you talking crap about college? Uh, and we especially got them after episode 548, where we kind of debunked the fact that college makes sense for that every was our, person. Uh, is college for dummies? Right. And, <laughs> episode, yeah. And we definitely, like, uh, not everyone is happy that we don't think that college is a slam dunk decision, but we just we just don't think that the vast majority of high school seniors should be mortgaging their futures by taking on astronomical amounts of debt, which, which is, in many cases, leading to, I don't know, the most expensive piece of wall art they'll ever hang, right? That <laughs> college degree that goes behind their desk that do costs you, some couple hundred K. Do you even know where your college degree, like your actual diploma is? No, I have no <laughs> idea. And I remember I I would have had to walk to get my diploma, uh-huh. but my mom was out of town, so. I you, didn't, didn't, you didn't have to walk. No, I didn't even walk. I didn't do it. So I just didn't, I didn't care. Just showed up in a tube uh, a few <laughs> weeks later. That's exactly right. Well, so I guess, you know, you could ask the question, does college pay off for lots of folks still? And we would say, yes, of course, like it does for a lot of people. And the more you can uh, curb the cost that you incur and the time it takes to get that degree, what I mean is not taking six or seven years to get it, Mm -hmm. uh, plus making sure that the one you get is more highly valued in the marketplace, then the more likely it is to be a smart choice. Like, for instance, that advanced history degree, it's going to pay off for a much smaller section of people. And a lot of folks who get that degree are going to find that the money was poorly spent, even if it was edifying. (laughs) But uh, the the thing is, college truly was a no-brainer 30 to 40 years ago. But it's, it's much more of a specific value proposition that young adults have to consider beforehand these days, before they start applying to schools. The reality of debt that can linger for, for decades, especially if that degree isn't landing you the lucrative career that you hoped, is just too much of a downside to give some sort of blanket advice that college makes sense for most people. Yeah. And on a related note, too, just how you pay for that college makes me think of twi- 529 accounts. And I, oftentimes that's also accepted as kind of like a slam dunk you know, no-brainer sort of decision. It's like, well, if you care about your kids, of course you're going to save and invest money within a 529 account. But so much of it depends on your personal situation mm-hmm. because, yes, that can be a great tool to allow you to save for your kids' college. But if you're doing it to the detriment of your ability to save for retirement, well, then we would say that your priorities are a little out of whack. Yeah. If you're not in money gear six or seven, like 529 plans probably shouldn't be on your radar. Exactly. Yet. That's yeah. what we say. Like, you need to have your finances buttoned up, your personal finances buttoned up, you need to be saving for retirement in a big, a major way before you start investing yeah. for your kid's future. And again, it comes down to your personal situation. Like maybe you're not quite there, but this is of vital importance to you and you've got all the reasons why. Then you know what? Like there are pieces of, of device and things that we're going to say here on the show that may not apply to 100% of the folks out there. But this is something that we think folks need to be thinking about more often than not. And similarly, let, let's talk about debt, Joel, because oftentimes folks will hear that they should be living life debt-free. And again, this is one of those uber simple pieces of advice that sounds good on its face. But if you take this uh, dogmatic pronouncement to its logical conclusion, you're going to have a, a much harder time reaching your educational and your financial goals. And we know that it's hard to convey a, a reasonable debt philosophy just in a two to five second soundbite here, which is why we don't try to, right? Like we create entire episodes on important topics like debt accumulation and, and debt payoff to try and convey just a nuanced approach towards debt that we think is healthy in our modern society. Um, and, you know, the truth is, it's actually possible to use debt in a strategic way to, to catapult your finances forward. That's a recent episode that we'll link to in our show notes. But not all forms of debt were created to screw you over. And it's important to keep that in mind. Uh, But on the other hand, it's also possible to rely on debt too much, right? Particularly uh, consumer debt in order to fund a lifestyle that you can actually afford buying the things that you don't need and which should be completely avoided. Yeah, there's a massive difference between a payday loan and a 15-year mortgage, right? I mean, and I think that's where Mm -hmm. the uh, 
live life debt free sort of philosophy, the mantra gets lost. And so people automatically assume that every single potential form of debt is now just something they shouldn't even consider. They, they shouldn't bring into their lives when the, the truth is what we're revolting here against here, Matt, is a lack of nuance, right? It's, it's, that, yep. it's that pithy yep. phrase that, that starts to lead people down the road of thinking that only one way of handling debt makes sense, and that is to never, ever use it. And it's a convenient way to, to convey a message, but it's not always the most helpful to folks who are trying to make progress with their personal finance. For instance, like let's say you do have that 15-year mortgage at two and a half percent at a two and a half percent rate. Well, it, it almost feels like a safe haven right now oh, that yeah. we're experiencing a period of intense inflation. Let's say you used all your savings to pay off that mortgage, which in and of itself would be like mean you probably had a lot, a lot of too much money in savings. Well, you might find yourself in an uncomfortable position if, let's say, you lost your job next week. Yeah, sure, you don't have the mortgage payment, but you also don't have any cash in the bank to back you up to allow you to afford your other monthly bills if the worst case scenario happens. So how dumb is that 2.5% mortgage rate debt in actuality? We would say it's not It's not very dumb. It's, it's really not that bad. And, and you probably shouldn't pay it off, even at the expense of prioritizing something like tax advantage retirement savings. So while the answer, it's not always easy, it often requires context, the question is always an important one to ask. And, and so much of the answer comes down to the terms of that debt and what you plan to do with the money you borrow. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're exactly. sinking that money that you're borrowing into speculative assets, let's say, <laughs> cryptocurrency or all sorts of newfangled digital coins that you could potentially lose it all overnight, still owing debt on top of it, that's really risky. That's a terrible way to use debt. But we would say there are smart ways to use debt to be able to actually accelerate your progress, uh, just like you said, Matt. And I think... Uh, uh, thinking that avoiding debt completely for the rest of your life is the best way forward. Not thinking about the ways that you can use it intelligently as like a stepping stone to kind of continue down the path is short-sighted and is in all likelihood going to mean you're making less progress in, potentially in your career or in your personal finances and your wealth building journey than you'd otherwise like to see. Totally. Don't use credit cards. Joel, that's another piece of advice that you'll often hear. I th- the same guy who likes to say that debt is dumb <laughs> and to live that debt-free lifestyle also likes to talk smack about the credit cards. But the truth is, when used effectively, we love credit cards. <laughs> when you use them effectively, you know they're, they're not just all right. They're the best form of, of payment where they offer you greater consumer protections, plus superior rewards and benefits and other meaningful perks. And it's worth pointing out here, debit cards and credit cards, they definitely look the same, but they are not created equal. Maybe we should do an entire, an entire episode <laughs> talking about the differences between debit and credit cards. Um, but we are fans of using them responsibly. And if you have a reasonable level of, of discipline, then you're going to be able to use your cards effectively and they're going to be a great tool for you. That's why we're such fans of using them. But again, we just have to make sure that we couch it within the proper language. We don't want anybody and everybody out there to go looking for the best cash back sign up bonuses that you can find. But if that is you, if, if you are in a healthy position, if you do have that reasonable amount of discipline, then head over to our site, go to howtomoney.com forward slash credit cards, because that tool will help you to find the best credit card for you. And based on the, the different benefits and the, the perks that you are looking for. Yeah. And it doesn't get talked about much. Most people don't know that there are different consumer protections when you use a credit card at purchase than when you use a debit card. So it's not just the 2% cash back Back, or the MX Blue Cash preferred six percent back at the grocery store. Like those are awesome perks, but we're also talking about just more robust fraud protection when you're using a credit card. We're talking about sometimes a, an extended warranty that mm-hmm. a credit card offers. In addition, that means you don't have to buy the crappy extended warranty that the electronics company or the sure. big box warehouse is trying to get you to buy. The, the, the ability, credit card offers that for you. Yeah, the ability to to drop the CDW, the collision damage waiver, when you're renting a car because yeah. you've got a car that offers primary car insurance by declining that CDW. Yeah. Or as we talked about in a recent Ask How to There's Money episode. so many different benefits. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> d- the ability to not have to carry a bunch of cash on your person yeah. when you're traveling overseas and to get the best exchange rate and to not pay a fee to do it. Because you get that 0% transaction fee. Yeah, so really... Or foreign transaction fee. When you dig, dig into the details, I mean, credit cards, a lot. there are people out there who think that they can't be used effectively those people would be wrong. It is possible to use a credit card effectively, and it's not just about 2% cash back, right? To slightly juice your returns. There's a lot more to it than that. But we've got, Matt, some more pieces of financial advice that we think are pretty crummy. They just ain't right. We'll get to those, including some about investing, I think, that are really important, especially right now with what's happening in the market, how they're, uh, th- there's more bad investing advice going around now than even 
there typically is. So we'll get to that and more right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to st simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, so we just spent some time talking about uh, spending money. Now let's get serious and uh, let's discuss saving and investing your money. Uh, and a piece of advice that you often hear, Joel, is save 10% of your income. This is advice I even heard as a, as a little wee one growing <laughs> up. Um, and you might be asking, like, why is this crappy advice? This sounds smart. And it kind of is. It's, uh, it's certainly better than what the average American is saving, which is it's somewhere in the, the 3% range. Oh, yeah. And uh, so if you're in that position, if you aren't currently even saving a tenth of your income, then yes, this is a good goal to strive for. But we don't want how to money listeners out there to be the average American. We don't want you to, to stay there. We don't want that 10% basically to be a ceiling for you. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes mainstream financial advice, it actually, I think they set the bar too low. And if you stick with this incredibly basic framework of saving, 
even as your your income increases over the years, you're going to find it hard to make progress towards those bigger financial goals. If you get complacent, just you know saving 10% of your income, it's going to be tough to save up to pay cash for a car uh, or amassing a big old down payment for a home purchase while simultaneously socking away enough for retirement. And not only is it about the ability to achieve some of these financial goals that you've identified today, but we're also talking about being able to achieve financial goals tomorrow, right? Like these are all things that, that today that today Matt wants to do. But what about tomorrow, Matt? Mm-hmm. I don't know what tomorrow Matt wants. And so the ability to save a little bit more than that standard 10% gives me that additional flexibility, gives me options to pursue some of those goals in a way that feels like I'm making progress as opposed to just completely resetting the clock. I'm pretty sure tomorrow Matt is going to want a Cortado at the local coffee shop, but he's going to have to wait <laughs> Until next week, okay. Next week, Matt is going to get that. Just one a week. One a week. That's all we do. <laughs> all right, and, and yeah, I think that I think you're right, Matt. I think that is kind of this basic tenet of personal finance advice, and many people strive for. And then you get to ten percent, and you rest on your laurels. And because of that, it takes a really long time to make meaningful progress. And we think people should mm-hmm. be uh, seeking to save a lot more of their money. And, and other cultures do this well. What is it in Japan? Uh, the average person saves something something like in the thirty percent range of their salary. Like it's so much higher. We are abysmal at saving and yeah, the How to Money listeners can do better than that. Yep. We, we know that. Well, and we're too soft. <laughs> that's right. We're trying to harden you up. And, and let's talk about some some crappy investing advice for a second, because th- really we could do a whole episode about crappy investing <laughs> advice. There's a lot of that out there. That's true. Um, but one of them we would say is buy low and sell high. And I feel like you hear in a down market, you hear more people talking about that, buying the dip, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Again, Matt, kind of like what you said with the 10% thing, it's like this is kind of sort of good advice. Like there's there's a nugget of wisdom here, but there's also the fact that this uh, piece of advice could completely mess you up. And it's just not possible really to buy low and sell high is what we would say. Uh, stats show year after year that even professional fund managers consistently underperform the simple strategy of buying straight up index funds. Yeah. And these are people that are highly compensated, right? That this is their job to attempt to outperform the market, to to get outsized returns. But uh, the reality is that trying to buy the dip means you're waiting on stock prices to go down. And th- the truth is, stocks are mostly on an up and to the right trajectory, right? That is the overwhelming direction that they're heading. And that means if you're holding on to money that you want to invest, in hopes of a market downturn to score a better deal, you're, you're more likely to miss out on gains than you are to get that deal that you're hoping for. And so that's why we prefer and we advocate the dollar cost averaging approach, mostly ignoring current market conditions because your cash sitting on the sidelines while you're trying to buy the dip is experiencing opportunity cost. And it's just being smacked around by inflation in particular today. So we would say, just keep buying. Don't worry about timing the market. The key is to get your money in the market with regularity. So if you hear buy low and sell high, it's advice that sounds good, but pulling it off, it's like, hey, yeah, just go out there and hit four home runs in a game and uh, it'll be, I'll be all good. I've never tried to hit a home run map, but I know it's really difficult and that even the best guys like hit, you know, 60 a year, right? Like, and that's really hard to come by. So uh, hitting four home runs in a game, that's, it's great advice if you can actually do it. Sounds impossible. Yes. Technically that is correct. You do that and you'll be the MVP. You're going to make <laughs> millions or billions. Right. Same thing with uh, buy low, sell high. In theory, on paper, it's great advice, but actually executing it virtually impossible. Joel, something else like I feel like this isn't necessarily like advice that you hear, but just kind of maybe more sentiment uh, when it comes to investors, which is the fact that they're afraid that the market is going to collapse. There's a number of fairly bright individuals out there who continue to predict that, (laughs) that the stock market like that is just this house of cards and that we're all bound to get wiped out in this historic, you know, catastrophe. Like it kind of makes me think of like the fundamental Christians who predicted the end of the world like back in the 80s. I think there was this guy, uh, Hal Lindsey, and he wrote like three books about it, and he was just wrong every time he predicted <laughs> yeah. it. And when their conviction ends up being dead wrong, like they instead, they often just double down. Oh, wait, I was just wrong on that date, and now I've gotten <laughs> a new... Push that, push that out seven Some years. new insights. Uh, and so they predict an even more catastrophic event on the horizon. Uh, and so when it comes to the different financial advice out there, like best-selling author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, he's one of those folks. But there are definitely others as well. Uh, but the truth is, the market, it's got its ups and downs, as we've experienced this year. Uh, but there's still no easier way to build wealth, despite the significant amounts of volatility, uh, than regularly investing in the American economy. Humans, we are incredibly creative. We're adaptable creatures. 
and it's best to just ignore these predictions of, of doom and gloom. There is enough other normal, sad, normal stuff out there for us to worry about. Uh, and by the way, I was talking about the volatility, like that bumpy ride that you experience in the market. That is a feature, not a bug. That is what allows us to be able to see growth over the, the long haul. And again, if there is some sort of catastrophe, something like I don't like a nuclear attack or something like that, I think we've got bigger problems. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you're invested in whatever alternative investment. It's also not going to save you if we're you know approaching the end of the world. Yeah, and a lot of the folks that are the loudest voices, Matt, saying that the stock market is a house of cards or that we're going to see massive declines this year or depression 2023, it's inevitable. Those people often have a financial incentive to scare people in order to buy what they're selling. Yeah. Uh, like, by the way, have you checked out this <laughs> company and they happen to sell gold? That's right. And here's how you <laughs> save yourself from this, uh, from, from being effect- impacted to the extent that other people are impacted when everything goes to hell. And another, Matt, another investing thing that you probably hear that people hear investing advice is to invest in what you know. You might hear folks say that it makes sense to invest in companies that you use regularly. Uh, so like if you absolutely love Netflix, if you're a fan of the content they create, you should invest in the stock. And if you can't wait Ba-boom. to like spend time in the metaverse, let's say, which I've not heard anyone say that, that was, before. That was my Netflix <laughs> tone. Nicely done. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, like, have you heard anyone say they want to spend time in the metaverse? I feel like they. No, I, I definitely have not. The Zuck, he's getting criticism for that these days because he's sticking a lot of Facebook's dollars or Meta's dollars mm-hmm. um, towards this future potential universe. But yeah, if you if you are excited about that, if you're one of the rare people, go ahead and toss some of your retirement dollars in a company that you think has some insight into what we're gonna all going to be doing in the future. Or let's say you are a big fan of the Yeezy shoes, which I don't know, probably nobody is anymore. Kanye got canceled. But uh, <laughs> after he went on his incredible yeah, anti-Semitic tirades. <laughs> and so we, we saw what happened with Adidas stock. Like You never know. Even just like the crazy bumblings of a celebrity can lead to a precipitous fallout in, in a company's stock. So I get kind of why this advice gets, gets spread. But hopefully with each one of these examples, you can see how it might play play out like first we're not fans of investing in single stocks the two of us we talk about money and investing all the time and we don't do it but the reality is you just never know uh, what competition or other headwinds might be coming for that company you love for when it comes to netflix there's more streaming competition out there than ever before and it's not to say that netflix won't ultimately succeed but for a while they had it easy (laughs) they didn't have much competition and they they had the edge and it's not to say that people won't want to spend time in the metaverse if zuckerberg can make it something fascinating if he can make it like ready player one style maybe we'll all be in there like doing cool stuff or we won't because people because we just don't know the future right right? like that's what's the that's the predicament here is that we have no clue and when you're putting all of your eggs in literally one basket with one stock like this is difficult to know because yeah metaverse folks might realize that you know what those in real life relationships going back to victor frankel frankel those are the relationships that matter not any not this imitation stuff yeah. basically that, that we're it, finding on the metaverse just because you like a company's shoes doesn't mean that they've partnered with the right people to help <laughs> you know improve that business and to uh reach more customers over the long haul, those relationships can sour, costing companies hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And we're, like you said, like we're talking about individual stocks, but 90, but even beyond that, I think the same lessons can be applied to entire sectors, right? Because during the pandemic, what did, what did we see in the tech sector? We saw tech stocks taking off. Yeah. They crushed. Uh, and now what we've seen so far this year is the, um, man, bloodbath yeah. with all the big, big tech names. And instead, what we've seen is energy stocks. The energy, entire energy sector is like at all time highs. And so now you might be saying, oh, now's the time to invest in Exxon. But Who? you don't know. You don't know. So like, instead, invest in widely <laughs> diversified index funds like VU or VT Sachs, both of Vanguard's either total stock or S&P 500 uh, index funds. And so don't invest in what you know, because that essentially it's a shallow understanding. It's a shallow measure of what you think might be successful in the future, but it is a far cry from an actual analysis, let alone a prediction of what actually might happen in the future. And, and so oftentimes when we do this, Matt, too, we just get the timing wrong. So you might kind of be yeah. right. Maybe the metaverse will exactly succeed. going back to timing the market. Yeah. Yes, sure, buy low, sell high. But how the heck do you figure that out? It might be fifteen in, years from now. In retrospect, hindsight, it always looks so easy because you're framing the past by what you are experiencing today. And so, yeah, looking back to the pandemic, you're thinking, of course, tele. You know, we're talking about Teladoc earlier. Of course, they were going to crush. Everybody's going to be at home. Everyone's going to be prized. These technology companies. 
But at the time, we didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and so the same thing uh, you know, applies to the present. Moving forward, we have no clue what the future is going to hold. And are you going to have the in stamina? Re- in retrospect, you might be able to figure it out. The fortitude to hold on to those to those stocks when yeah. they're plummeting, when they're not doing well, just because you have that ultimate faith and belief. Probably not. Like most people at some point, they cry uncle, they sell. And so mm-hmm. like right now- You, you doubt yourself. Yeah. You it, end it's, up selling at the wrong time. I think there's just a lot to be said for not, not uh, taking that approach. Even though there's a lot of people that are going to say that that's what you should do and that that that's how stock market investing makes sense to the average individual but i don't think that's the case and i think investing in the market as a whole is something that's easy for the average american to understand you don't have to start picking individual stocks of companies that you already kind of kind of like in order to be a good investor and in fact it's probably going to take you down the wrong path that's right. Yeah. Again, we could do an entire episode on the crappy investing advice that we often hear. But I mean, as we kind of round this episode out, bottom line, we just want you to be careful who it is that you listen to. There's probably a lot more crappy personal finance advice out there than you think. And we can't tackle all of the, the poor advice that you might come across just in one episode. So bottom line, we want you to be careful who it is that you're listening to. Uh, we think that there's probably a lot more crappy personal finance advice out there than you think. And, you know, we can't tackle it all just in one episode. Uh, oftentimes, it's the folks who are screaming the loudest. It's the folks who who have the, the most rigid rules out there. They can be the easiest to understand for sure. But it doesn't mean that their advice is going to be best for you. You know, uh, that's going to be best for you to listen to them uh, or that it'll actually be the most helpful for you in the long run, at least personal finance advice, it can and should be nuanced. It takes time, like we talked about earlier too. Uh, and, and not all advice is created equal. And some of the different blanket rules of thumb that you come across for everyone, no matter what their their individual financial situation looks like, that is not a great tactic. Where it is that you are in your financial journey, it's crucial to the advice that you should be heeding. And with that, make sure that you spend enough time thinking about this. I think oftentimes folks, they go with the, the slogan advice, the thing that's easy to repeat. They go with the headlines. And instead, we want you to, to think about it. Uh, we don't want you to spend too much time, but spend enough time that you are informed and that you're able to make the, the best decisions for yourself. Yeah. And it just makes me think, Matt, that like you mentioned Viktor Frankl's book, and I think it's a great one. And it's actually, it's pretty skinny. It's, it's not really that hard for, for most folks to read. But if I hand it to my seven-year-old who's in second grade and she's reading Pete the Cat kind of books, right? Like that's kind of the vein she's in. She might be able to understand a good chunk of the words. She's not going to understand what she's reading though. And so th- th- yeah, th- th- when you do blanket advice or you say, this is the best thing for everyone, oftentimes we're missing the reality that people are at different points in their financial journey. And so we try to bring that nuance to the forefront so that people can see like how we're coming to our conclusions so they can come to their own, not just tossing a phrase out there and hoping that everyone adapts accordingly. Like that's that's right. not our pl- a plan. That's not our path. That's not how we roll. All right, man. Is that it for this episode? Yeah, I think All right. so. Let's get to the beer. This episode, you and I enjoyed Uplifted, which is a Scottish style ale from Talisman Brewing Company. Thank you, Andy, for donating this one to the show. What were your thoughts, buddy? So I've never had... This was like a light version of a Scotch ale. Yeah, right? so I was reading on the side. It said it's a it's like a session uh, sessionable Scottish ale. Yeah, so so it was. I would say it was kind of like a light brown ale in a lot of ways. And I like a good Scotch ale. We actually got to have a good one on the show not too long ago, and and that was fun because Scotch ales are actually kind of hard to come by. Not many mm-hmm. people make them, but this one left a little more to be desired than that one. It was just it, it was kind of lacking in some of the flavor profile and some of the punch I typically like to it, get in it, my Scotch. It ales. wasn't quite as toast. I mean, a lot of times you, it's character by like a toastiness, yeah. um, like some bigger, darker some flavors. Caramel vibes. This one was, was like almost a little bit tart. Um, so maybe that, that lightness in body lent itself to maybe just a, yeah, like a slight tartness. But as always, I would rather be drinking a craft beer with you while we record an episode than not. So I'm glad that we, you and I were able to enjoy one of these today, buddy. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, we talked about smart rules for spending earlier just for a second as we were talking about the latte factor and that we, you and I kind of go, what we do flies directly in the face of that. We drink a craft beer, often an expensive craft beer, mm-hmm. every episode. Um, this one, fortunately, was free. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> but but we are spending our own money for 95% of these beers because, and, and, and not just because we love beer, that's a big part of it, but because there's another lesson to be had in there that spending money on the things that you love in the here and now while you're getting good with your money is an important part of the equation. Yep. And going too hard, becoming 
hyper frugal over the top is a recipe for disaster in the long run. Yeah, so. yeah. all frugal and no splurge makes Joel and I dull boys. That's right. We don't want to be that. <laughs> so, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for, for this episode. If you have another piece of financial advice that really sucks, that really grates you, that you find around the interwebs at some point, send it our way. We love to hear from you. Yeah. Reach out to us. You can email us at howtomoneypod at gmail.com. That's right, buddy. So that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.